last week, I think, was the first sack for uh, Bears defensive lineman since the Washington game. And that was in, like, October. So we're going on, like, two months, no sacks from a defensive lineman. Hi, you're now listening to the Bear Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, a rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Welcome to another edition of the Bare Minimum Podcast, where it's called that, but we don't give you the minimum. I think we give you the maximum. Marshall Harris along with Clay Harbor, the vibes. It should be interesting. We're coming off a week in which the Bears did not lose. I think that's the most part. The other thing, though, is the Bears' next opponent has only lost once all season. Shouldn't have lost all the Eagles, who had an impressive display against the New York Giants at the Meadowlands on the road. It's not just us, though. It's not just Clay. It's not just myself. Jacob Infante joining us from Windy City Gridiron. He is a draft analyst for SB Nation. Jacob, welcome into the Bear Minimum Podcast. We are happy to have you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Jacob, I, I follow you on Twitter, man, and you put some entertaining stuff out there on the Bears. You're a great follow if you, you guys love following the Chicago Bears. I know if you're here, you love following the Bears. You got to follow Jacob. Make sure to check out his Twitter. He posts a lot of good stuff about the draft, but even better stuff about the Bears. So, Jacob, are you local to uh, Chicago? Yeah, so I'm actually in school right now. So I'm away at Missouri right now, but I'm normally in the Chicago suburbs. I'm like 45 minutes southwest of – I'm in Plainfield, if you know where that's Oh, at. nice. Okay, yeah, okay. Wait, yeah. where are you going to school in Missouri? I'm also a Missouri, Missouri guy. It's not the same, but go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> you know, I'm at Mizzou. I'm just finishing up my senior year. So, yeah, no, I'm just over here in Columbia just grinding it out. I actually have a final – literally today so oh, i'm just good trying stuff, to man yeah well, good luck clay just got done with his final so he knows he knows the vibes correct clay i'm still yeah i literally had a big i just got done with finals week i'm finishing up my mba at kelly school of business at oh, indiana nice. at iu but i went to missouri state university the best school in missouri so jacob oh. was obviously the second <laughs> best school of missouri the tigers yeah i'll take um, it i'll take it but missouri you ever been out to, over to missouri state i haven't no i actually just watched uh player from missouri state there's a corner i was doing a little bit of like draft analysis late last night and there's a player from missouri state that i was watching and i did have you in mind but what i do you think they got is he draftable i think so I, he's probably like a day three guy but i think he's definitely like insane ball skills like the dudes so he's a corner he's a little smaller but he's had something insane like three four interceptions each of the last four years just super wow. productive yeah no i think he's got a shot Hey, One man, thing I've learned, Jacob, yeah. is that day three means you can still get it done. You know who taught me that? I was watching some football. No Bears are saying, this guy Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, seems very relevant to the 49ers in their future. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess day three, you can still get things done. 
So I think that's very interesting. And I know you really dig into the draft stuff, and that's why Clay wanted to have you on. Clay, hit my man with what you need to know with four games left in the season. All right. So the first thing I want to ask you as a draft specialist, looking at the Bears, Ryan Pohl's first draft, Ryan Poles has one, and it's, we're three quarters of the way through the season. At this point, there's still four games left. There's some things that can change, but a lot of the hay is in the barn. A lot of that hay is in the barn. There's still some hay to put in the barn, but a lot of the hay is in the barn. So, right now, four games left. Give me your grades on the Ryan Poles draft picks, and then give me your overall grade on what Ryan Poles was able to do in his first draft. All right, so... I'm going to give the overall grade probably like a decent, like a B or a B plus right now. I think that Jaquan Brisker has, was, has been a fantastic pick. I think that before he got hurt, he was one of the best players on the Bears defense, which isn't saying a lot considering how that unit struggled this year. But at the same time, he's he looked like a seasoned pro. It, he didn't look like someone who's just playing safety in the NFL for his first season. Yeah. I think that he's got plenty of potential. I'd say I'd give that pick like an A or something. Definitely. Uh, Kyler Gordon, well, willing to play things out because the Bears have thrown him right to the moving him around from inside, outside, field side, slot, what have you. So they've been moving him around a lot, and he's had a lot of tough assignments. But I'll give that like a C- minus right now. I feel like he definitely could be a lot better. I expected him to be better out of the gate and then we got Valus Jones that's the one that I'm yeah not too great results in that part uh I, I didn't really like the pick to begin with I'm gonna be honest but I think that you look at oh here's his gadget player on offense he was raw to begin with as a route runner so I didn't really expect him to take on a massive role but he hasn't taken on as big of a role as I would have expected and yeah. that's that's not saying much. I thought he'd catch the ball or two a game, and he's not even doing that. So yeah. right now, I I hate to be super negative. I'd probably give that pick an F if I'm going to yeah. be totally honest. I agree. And I'm I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that he can turn things around. I'm hoping he can have some sort of role in the offense. But realistically, he's an older prospect. Yeah. He hasn't been doing much at all as a rookie. He's been sitting behind guys like Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis. They've been getting a lot more snaps, a lot more touches than he has. And I think that says a lot considering Dante Pettis is realistically, he's not on the roster for most NFL teams at wide receiver. He's like a practice squad guy at this stage. Yeah. I just want to say, Jacob, the F like that really F is feeling great. You didn't say yeah. D, you didn't say D minus. Right. You no, said it. But this is my, my, this is my, this has always been my thing about the draft. Like I'm not a fan of the NFL draft mainly because of the hype leading up to the draft and also the quick, but we're going to evaluate what every team did before they've taken a snap in the NFL yeah. part of it. And I'm like, you really have to give a draft class three years. I'm sorry, you do. Yeah. Because I've seen guys who have not been good to start their NFL career who become good by year three. It's not, say, the NBA where guys are put in a position to really make a heavy impact like on the draft. Even as a quarterback struggle, even yeah. if they're first rounders. We saw it with Jalen Hurts. We're seeing it with Justin Fields. And then they start to pick things up. I think in the trenches is a little bit different, especially like defensive linemen. They come in, they usually, if they were beasting in college, they usually start beasting in the NFL. But a lot of these skill position players where you're literally going up against better guys than you ever saw in college. Yeah. It just takes time. 
But you look at some of these guys that you see playing, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Christian Watson. You see all these players coming out and making these big impacts. And then I'm looking at Vilas Jones, who can't catch a cold. This guy has been a huge disappointment, and I don't see Oh, him. I'm not saying the F isn't fair. I'm just... Yeah. <sighs> the F, for me, that's also an F. But then you get, for me, Gordon... I'll give him a D plus because I don't even think that C satisfactory right now. Brisker, that's an A. I think Brisker's a stud. I love watching his tape. He flies around. He makes plays in the run game. I love his energy. Not a perfect season, but he's up there. Valus Jones, F. Braxton Jones, love the pick of Braxton Jones. I think that's an A, getting where you got him. That's an A. This guy's your starting left tackle right now and showing that he can improve, and he's probably going to be a guy that can start for you again next season. But then you go into... Dominique Robinson, fast start, hasn't done much for you. See Zachary Thomas. I, is he on the practice squad? We released him. I think he got picked up by someone else. Tristan Ebner. I don't think he's the guy. I think he's, he might be a one-and-done one and done type dude. Doug Kramer, before he got hurt in training camp, he was getting dominated. Jatire Carter, Elijah Hicks, Trenton Gill. Trenton Gill, good pick, but overall, if I'm – being realistic, I have to give this draft class a C. Marshall didn't get a C, and he would have been disappointed if he got a C back in college. We had to be disappointed right now with this draft class. I think he got two starters here. I think Kyler Gordon can improve, but I haven't seen the consistency out of him that he can be a player for a great defense. Switching gears a little bit, obviously we just talked about the Poles' draft class and what we thought about that, but moving forward, Jacob, what do you think the Bears need to do in this next draft, what are their biggest needs going in to the 2023 draft? So I honestly think their biggest need right now is defensive line. And we've been seeing that the last few weeks, especially, but really all season, even before they traded Robert Quinn, the D line has just been really just bad. I'm going to be honest. Defensive <laughs> tackle, edge rusher, DN, whatever you want to call it. I, I think that they've just, the pass rush has been non-existent and it was something crazy. Like, Last week, I think, was the first sack for Bears defensive linemen since the Washington game. And that was in, like, October. So we're going on two months, no sacks from a defensive lineman. So something crazy like that. I think it was – I don't think it was last week, but what, whatever. Point is, they had done a really bad job at pressuring the quarterback. They just ha simply haven't been able to. And we talked about Dominique Robinson, a little bit of a hot start, but he's been non-existent. Travis Gibson hasn't done much of anything. Al-Qadeen Muhammad hasn't lived up to the price tag the Bears signed him for. Honestly, it's just been a disappointing unit. And defensive tackle, Justin Jones has, sh has shown some promise. But the rest of the group, are any of them really NFL-level contributors on other teams? I don't think so. Luckily for them, and I'm sure we'll get into it, I think it's loaded at D-tackle, loaded at edge in both free agency and the draft. So... I th it works out perfectly, honestly, but I think that D-line is absolutely where the Bears yeah. need to do. They need to invest some sort of capital at that position this offseason. I agree, man. If, you, if I had to pick my most disappointing players this year, I would definitely go with basically overall the whole D-line. Yeah. But in particular, I'm going Angelo Blackson. The guy's been disappointing. Travis Gibson, after, after Robert Quinn left, he had an opportunity to show that he could do this without and be a premier 
pass rusher, and he just hasn't really lived up to that. So, yeah, those guys are have to be some of my most disappointing players. Justin Jones has made a couple plays there. Dominic Robinson, I know he's a rookie, but after he started getting more reps whenever he traded Quinn, I wanted to see more from this guy. Let's go, baby. You get this opportunity. You're a rookie. You, you start off hot. You get a sack here, a sack there. Armand Watts, Taco Charlton, Angelo Blackson, you have, Mike Pennell Jr., you have to draft D-line. Yeah. I know people are saying wide receiver, offensive line. People don't realize how bad this defensive line unit really is. Al-Qadim Muhammad hasn't done much. This is just a bad offensive line unit. But I agree with you. I think that's what you have to do. That's what you have to draft. So that being said, I know you've heard a lot about the Alabama kid and the Georgia kid. So who's your top D tackles, edge defenders? I mean, it's just Will, you know, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. Are there any other guys that you might think the Bears can snatch up there? And I know the Bears have fell from number two in the draft order to number three in the draft order after the Broncos just can't win a game. So give me your thoughts on some of the players you think can make a difference. And then maybe if there's a late round guy here or there that you've seen, that you think could be a good player the Bears could maybe sneak in and grab in the later rounds too? Yeah, not for sure. I think that Will Anderson, the edge out of Alabama, and Jalen Carter, the D-tackle out of Georgia, those are my top two overall prospects in the class, not just d But Anderson's my peer number one. Carter's my peer number two. I think both of those guys are fantastic. Anderson, a little bit smaller, but super athletic, super hard worker, polished pass rusher. He's shown some significant flashes against the run. I'm really excited to see what he can do at the next level. And then Jalen Carter, I think he's like tailor-made for what the Bears, what Matt Eberflus wants as a three-technique defensive tackle. He's super explosive. He's powerful. He's a really good pass rusher. I just think that there's so much to like with his game. And just looking at the rest of that class, I think that there's no one really worth taking in the top three outside of those guys. So say if you end up at three, realistically, a QB is going to be one of those picks. So you're ending up with one of Anderson and Carter. Uh, but if you trade down, there are some other guys that I like. I think Miles Murphy, an edge rusher out of Clemson, is super explosive. Reminds me a lot of Trayvon Walker, but I honestly think I honestly think that Miles Murphy was better than Trayvon Walker was as a prospect coming out. But it's similar size, athleticism, length type of guys. Yeah. Super gifted players. D tackle, I think Brian Brzee out of Clemson is just a fantastic talent. He's like lengthier than Jalen Carter. I don't think he's j as explosive, but he's still a good athlete for the position and he's powerful. He was like a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Super highly touted. Other edge rushers, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. I get a lot of Marcus Davenport vibes from him. Raw coming out, but just super... Lengthy, athletic, powerful, explosive. Got all the tools to succeed at the next level. Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame is another dude I think can go round one. Just really been impressive each of the last two years in terms of consistency, but also another really good athlete. And probably the other defensive tackle I think could go round one is Siaki Ika. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right out of Baylor. <laughs> Just a tough one. He's just a big dude, man. He's 340 pounds, something insane like that. And he can move. Yeah, he runs tougher. Yeah. Yeah, he can because, move. Because of the Bears' needs, Jacob, let me ask you this. Do you feel yeah. like it to be more prudent, especially because of who you have at the top of your, your chart and obviously matching the need of the Bears? Is it more prudent to just take the guy? Or if you can trade back, to trade back and get more pieces? Because they have a lot. Of, it's, it's interesting. They have a lot of holes to fill, but they 
they also have a lot of money to spend as well. So like you can address both or one singular need with two different routes. No, absolutely. And honestly, I think that it's a bit tough for me to answer right now. Because again, I don't know how much they're going to spend. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot because you have so much money. It'd be dumb not to at least, you know, have some spending spree or whatever. Yeah. It's just a tongue twister. But no, I think that realistically, you could look to trade back. I think that if you get an extra first round pick this year, that's going to be super enticing. Say if you're moving back with a team like the Lions, where they have yeah. their own pick and they have the pick that they got from the Rams. Or you're moving back with, say, Seattle or whatever. If Seattle and ends up picking below the Bears and the Broncos, maybe win another game or two. They have their own pick and they have the Denver pick as well. If they have some sort of combination where they have two first-round picks this year, I think that would be super enticing. But honestly, I wouldn't judge them at all if they took one of Anderson or Carter. I think there's a little bit of a drop-off after those two guys. No, excluding the quarterbacks. The Bears aren't going to take yeah. the quarterback round one. So just from a pure position player perspective, I think Anderson and Carter are far and away, one and two, and then there's a drop-off after that. So I think that's realistically where you go unless you get a deal that blows you away. Yeah. You've got the money in free agency you can spend. So I think that you just get the blue chip guy when you have the chance. Yeah, I agree, man. Just from what I've seen on those two guys, I think those two guys are the route. And those two guys seem surefire stars, something you haven't had in the past. Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson. I think there was like, okay, these guys are good, but are they great? And I think these two guys are players that can come in and immediately make a big difference. And his defense needs it. And they're going to have a big test this week against the Eagles. But so changing the sides of the ball here, the Bears fans... No, they, they want more receivers, and free agency doesn't look good. Maybe a team releases a big receiver, maybe there's a trade, but free agency, there's nothing that gets my blood boiling. There's nothing that I'm really excited about as a wide receiver in free agency for the Bears, and you want to get Justin Fields' weapons. In this draft, I haven't dove into it as much yet. I'm going to start doing that as the season comes to a close. I know there's not a big number one top ten guy out there, but maybe the end of the first, second, third round guy that you think the Bears might be able to get that could come in and maybe help Justin Fields right away? Is there any guys out there that you see like that? I think it's possible. I think that if you're adding a receiver, it should be in the draft because realistically, you have both Moody and Claypool and you traded a second round pick for Claypool. I think they're going to pay big money to at least one of those guys, if yeah. not both. So you're going to have realistically two guys who are wide receiver twos. You don't have a bona fide one, but honestly, I wouldn't pay huge money to three wide receiver twos. That's just me. I think that if you're adding another receiver, it should be someone in the draft, someone who's cheaper, maybe a little bit more potential that you can bank on in the long run. I don't think the Bears go receiver round one, but round two with the pick they got from Baltimore – if he's available late, I'd really like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I think that obviously he exploded on the scene. Like he shredded Alabama and that's saying a lot because that's a really good secondary, yeah. but he's just pure speed electricity in a bottle. I think that maybe not the most polished guy out there, but he's just so fast. Reminds me a lot of Will Fuller coming out and we've seen yeah. if Will Fuller. If he didn't have the injuries in his career, when he was healthy, he was effective. He was good. Yeah, so I like Hyatt there if he's available. 
There are a handful of guys that are just well-rounded, maybe not speedsters like Hyatt, but you look at someone like a Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, Rasheed Rice out of SMU, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. None of them are super athletes, but they're just polished guys, smart yeah. route runners, good hands. I think there's a lot to like with any of those guys. I definitely consider receiver on day two. Yeah. Go back down to day two, like round three. I think there's a handful of intriguing, like just pure size speed guys. A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Rome Adunze is a guy who I wasn't familiar with until fairly recently, and he shot up my board. Andre Iosivas out of Princeton, keep that in mind. He's a smart oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, an Ivy Leaguer. He's 6'2 and could run like a 4'2, 4'3, something like that. Insane. All right, I'm going to make a list, man. I'm going to look some of these guys up. And just, yeah. as a small school guy, I always pull for those small school guys. Just general prospects, not a position in particular. But you got any under the radar small school prospects that you think can really come in, make a team, start right away? Is there any guy that you think that maybe we don't know about yet, but once the draft stuff starts getting in full swing, you start hearing about these small school prospects, we're going to hear about them. Yeah, so I actually just did an article pretty recently when you see the gridiron about the non-Power 5 top players. So Group of 5, FCS, D2, D3, NIA, NAIA, all that good stuff. I'm with you, Clay. I love pulling for the the smaller school guys i love watching the underdogs succeed that's a big part of why i love scouting for the draft honestly just trying to identify those diamonds in the rough it's fun yeah no for sure and my top guy right now is uh cody moch i need to figure out how to pronounce these names because i know them but (laughs) i think it's moch it's yeah Yeah. i'm gonna say moch from yeah Offensive lineman from North Dakota State. He's my top overall small school guy right now. He's like a day two. So I don't think he's necessarily super under the radar right now. I can go for another like a mid-late round guy if you want. But the small school guy I think is really going to shoot into national recognition is that guy. So you're looking at North Dakota State. Uh, Pro tip, just because I do this all the time. Yeah. You can always go to the game notes for any of these schools you're talking about, and they've got the pronunciation guide in the game notes every week. So you just yeah. pull up one of their one of their game notes, and you'll get in it. But it, that it's time consuming, but yeah. this is what I do for this, this is what I do for a living. Yeah, no, and I need to get on that. Like there are sometimes I was mispronouncing Romeo Dobbs' last name for the entire draft process, and then I what were you calling him? I was calling him Romeo Dobbs because. <laughs> I thought that's what it was, and yeah. then, like I hopped on like an NFC North podcast, and like one of the Packers guys was like, "Oh, it's a it's Dobbs," and oh, <laughs> the entire Packers fan base had no idea how to pronounce it, but they found out it was Dobbs. That's my weakness. That's my weakness in this whole draft thing is I am terrible at pronouncing names. So yeah, now but Moch, Mock, whatever, whatever his name is. He's really good. I recommend you, when you guys get the chance, just look this guy up. Not just what he plays. He's nasty. He's athletic. He's a former tight end, so super coordinated. But what do you, he's like the definition of a football North Dakota State guy. Like the long flowing red hair. He's got like, some of his teeth are missing up in front. Oh, love it. Just an absolute, you know, corn fed machine. So sounds like this guy should be a Chicago Bear. And you know what conference North Dakota State's in? They're yeah. the best FCS conference in the country, in my opinion. That's the Missouri Valley Football Conference that happens to be 
the same conference as the Missouri State University, Marshall. I know you're a big Missouri State University football fan. <laughs> Marshall loves most states. How'd you guess? And How did you guess? Obviously, your favorite players from Missouri State. And uh, before we let Jacob go, we just got to get we just got to get his take on some of these free agents. If there's one, two free agents, give us your top free agent targets. The Bears got all this money, one hundred million. Doctor <laughs> Evil over here, like they got a lot of money to spend, Marshall. So they can break the bank. So give me your top two, three targets that the Bears should go after in free agency. And we'll let you get back and study for your final. Thank you, Clay. My top guy, I'm going to go with Elkton Jenkins, the offensive lineman from the Green Bay Packers. He can play guard, tackle, center. He can literally play anywhere. He's got experience in this sort of scheme. High-level Pro Bowl player. I think that if he hits the open market, which he might, because the Packers have no money this year. So Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, the hellhole they're in right now so I, I think Ellington Jenkins would be a fantastic addition and then defensive line we talked about it I'd love to see Deron Payne from the commanders come over very good he looked good against us yeah no absolutely yeah just a high quality pass rusher guy you can play three tech one tech true nose whatever very good player and I want to see an edge rusher too man like I want to see I've been pounding the table for any Kangakwe. I think that would be a lot of fun just because he can. I think so too. Like he's not a great run defender, but he can get after the quarterback, man. I would. I think he's got like ten sacks or something almost this year. The guy's done great. Yeah, yeah, no. So I do, I do unspeakable things to get some of those guys <laughs> along the defensive line. Like I can't even say over the air the kind of things that I'd be willing to do. Just to acquire that talent, up. I'd have to get into some real, real shady groups, but. No, I think the Bears have a really good opportunity to spend some serious money. So I'm excited to see what they can do with it because oh, there's... The Jenkins thing is interesting because they obviously got Tevin Jenkins. So do you think they get rid of Kobe White, Cody Whitehair? That I don't know. I don't think they yeah. do. I don't think they do because Cody Whitehair, he's been solid this year. Though, yeah, yeah. Jenkins can do it all. So you can plug him in wherever you need. Yeah. And they just need depth at all. Yeah, I get Okay, I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm with you, Jacob. I just wanted an update on the Cody the Cody situation. Mock, it's Mock. Mock. All right. Okay. Pronounced M O U C K. Mock. I just mock. There we go. Save you the trip. Thank you. I appreciate. Marshall makes the big buck. Stuff like that, man. You never know. This guy's always up to something. Back. We'll call them medium-sized bucks. But yeah, absolutely. But Jacob, man, yo, appreciate you coming on. This guy is an excellent Twitter follow, Chicago. I have to tell you, big Bears guy, big draft guy, and. We'll have you on again for sure, and uh, we'll be keeping up with your with your updates on the draft and the free agency. Let's go Bears, baby. Yes, sir. Bear down. And reminder, you can follow it. Jacob on Twitter, Jacob Infante24. So follow that man. Follow that man. I, I just did recently. So you Thank you. Too. Yeah. No, appreciate you guys having me on. We appreciate Jacob coming on. Now it's time for what we like to call halftime, where we take a break from the Bears per se. And check in with the adventures of one Clay Harbor in the streets. Is that fair, Clay? You're in the streets? I don't like to call them the streets, man. Um, I went out a little bit this weekend. I'm still on the search for my future missus out there with the guys. We went out this weekend. Had a fun weekend. I had a couple buddies in from Chicago, man. But I'm getting too old to, to go out and have drinks and back-to-back nights anymore. Oh, here's how I put that. That's the, I call it the Tim Duncan rule, okay? 
So I can go out and have a good time, but you're not going to catch me going out having a good time on back-to-back nights. Back in the day, in the box score, it used to say Tim Duncan DNP hyphen old. That's me. DNP did not play old. That's what I do on the second half of back-to-back. I don't. I'm, I don't do back-to-backs. I'm about to adopt that rule too, man. Because your energy level, you like going out that second night now, like back in college, you could go out three nights in a row. It didn't affect you. You're good. You're waking up. You're feeling good. You're crushing your workout, getting your work done. Now you go out, man. You're down for the count for at least two, three, four days, man. You got to have electrolyte packages. You got to have a green drink. You got to do a lot of different things to try to get back to normal. A couple energy drinks, four coffees in a day. No, so it was a fun weekend. I'm hurt a little bit now. And unfortunately, I can say that I did not meet my wife this weekend. I did meet some some lovely ladies, but I just don't think, I think I'm doing something wrong here, Marshall. The lo- lovely ladies that you met, did you buy them drinks? That's my next question. I think I did. I think I bought too many drinks this weekend. I got to stop. I think I'm going to stop buying drinks. I just think it's a nice So like step. every time you meet a quote unquote lovely lady, you're just like, hey, you want a drink? No, you start chatting and if, if you enjoy talking, you're like, hey, can I, I'll buy you a drink. It's, it's a crutch. I feel like you should be better and not have to do that and maybe just have a good conversation and something I'm going to start doing. But the thing that's tough these days, man, is the text game. Well, I'm not good at the text game. You text, you, you text. People love talking to me. I'm a great texter. Then I don't text back and I do text back. They don't text back. And then it's like this whole thing. Now it's like, okay, am I supposed to text back right away? Am I supposed to wait? When you get a text, do you text back right away or do you need to play the game a little bit and wait to text back. And if you meet a girl, do you, are you supposed to do, I know there's an old rule. It says you got to wait a couple days to call or text three days. Do you believe that is still a thing? Do you need to wait to call or text or should you just call or text right away? Say, Hey, maybe you get home, you, you talk, you got a number and say, Hey, I really enjoyed meeting you and talking to you. Like, I want to go out with you like this week or you wait three days and then say, Hey, it was great meeting you last weekend. Would you be up for maybe grabbing an appetizer or drink a cup of coffee at some point this week? So do I wait? Do I do it now? What do you think? Clay, there's no reason in 2022, you should be waiting two, three days to text someone you're genuinely interested in. If you're interested in them, you text them, whether it's later that night, nice to meet you. Let's connect soon. You got to have the setup. If you go two or three days without texting someone and you think she's of a certain quality, let me just tell you right now, you've never met a woman out that you're the only dude she's talking to. If you think that's the case, you have very low quality in women thinking that no one else, you have to assume that other men are courting her. So you better get in where you fit in. Strike while the iron is hot. I think I try to play the game a little too much, you know? What game? Either you're interested or you're not. You got to play the game out there. The more interested you are, it always feels like the less interested they are. But I think that's one of my problems. I'm always a guy that even if I am really interested and do want to see this person, I'm always, I try to play it cool. I don't want to come on too strong. I'm always worried about that. So I Okay, some general go. rules for the come on too strong crowd. Okay, don't double text. Let's just start with that. Yeah. If you text, wait for a response. And some people freak out, men and women, like, I texted and they haven't texted me back in five, six hours, or I texted and they haven't texted me back today at all. And the next day goes by. People are busy and they're doing things. Like you could have a girl text you right now while we're recording a podcast and then be mad that like you don't text her back. You got to record the podcast, 
I know you gotta get your. I know you haven't gotten your workout in today, correct? Get that pump. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be checking your phone while you're getting your workout in. Like you text back when you're good and ready. Yeah. And don't double text. Just don't, don't double, double text. text. Don't be over the top. I have many stories of women telling me, "Yo, this guy just on me." Yeah. Right. But just if you just don't double text, that's the best rule I can give. Don't double text. Marshall says it. Do not double text. If you guys are out there and you're dating, don't double text. That just makes you look too desperate. Marshall has spoken. I wouldn't even say desperate, especially when you first meet someone. You definitely look over eager. You want to yeah. show intentionality. I want to talk to you. I want to hang out with you. But at the same time, just let the game come to you. And if they're not interested, it's okay. There is what, 8 billion people on the planet now? Didn't we just cross like the 8 billion threshold a couple of weeks ago? It's going to be okay. Every, everyone doesn't have to like you, Clay. Well, although most do. No, it takes the one, like the doctor, Dr. Strange, and he holds up that one finger, this one chance, Iron Man, one. It just takes one. And that was out of 14 million possibilities. All right, yeah, let's get back to, let's get back to some football. The Bears got the Eagles this week. Obviously, this is typically a tell the truth Monday, but we have nothing to tell the truth about. I have a truth. Okay. Let's go. The, the, Eagles, the Eagles look like they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's my truth. Did I you see what they did to the Giants? Tough. His team is legit. I was in New York watching the game, man. It was an unbelievable game. So I think that's my truth is that the Eagles might win the Super Bowl. My other truth is I think the Bears have a shot this weekend. I think they have a bona fide shot to beat the Eagles. Mm. The Eagles, the one thing about the Eagles is they make a lot of mistakes. Like defensively, you can score on the Eagles. So we're probably looking at another shootout situation. You think the Bears have an opportunity this weekend in Chicago, the one-loss Eagles, the Bears with one of the worst defenses in the league, the Bears have a chance to defeat the Super Bowl favorite Philadelphia Eagles. I don't even know what the line is. I'm just telling you, they have a chance. They're at home. The Eagles, if there's any team on the Eagles schedule they're overlooking, who is it? It's only a nine-point nine spread, which seems a little low for me because, you know, the difference. You got three and 10 versus 12 and one. Oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Does Justin Fields look like he's ready to play and be healthy and do Justin Fields things? Yeah. Has he kept them in the majority of their games this season, even though they're three and ten? Yeah. So walk with me and tell me why he can't keep them in the game with the Eagles. I think he can, but just the performance they put on this weekend against the Giants was concerning if you're a Bears fan. But on on the hindsight of that, I feel like the Eagles are most likely gonna win. But you put forty eight points up against the Giants defense, so it's not as bad as the Bears defense. That's tough. And the fact that Jalen Hurts only threw for 217, obviously had two scores, but an 109 rating. But Miles Sanders ran for 144, and Jalen Hurts ran for 80. So this Bears team is not known for stopping the run. And the thing is, the Eagles can do both. They can run, and they can pass. And they have a top-five offense, top-five defense. They can do everything. And this is just such a complete team that I was looking at and I said, you know what, I think the Bears can pull an upset, but I had to take a step back and say, I think they can play him tough and keep it maybe a one-score, two-score game. But this team is just an all-together great team. And I think they're going to – I think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl, especially after watching that Giant game. I just so told you me. my truth. Here's the thing. 
Who's yeah. the Bears one, or excuse me, who's the Eagles one loss to? It's to the Commanders. Okay. Are the Commanders world beaters? No, there's a chance. Every, any given Sunday, there's a chance. But Who has a more dynamic team. offense, the Commanders or the Bears? I think the Bears, obviously, with QB1, have a more da- dynamic offense. So hey, All that I'll, needs I'll, to happen I'll, is the Eagles just make a couple mistakes, and the Bears, on the road, you weren't taking them that seriously to begin with. I like the Bears' chances as much as any game that they played this season. I'm keeping the receipts on this, and me as a former Eagles player, Marshall uh, spent a lot of time in Philly. We got some extra ties to this one. Marshall worked in Philly, covered the Eagles. I played for the Eagles. This is a tough one for me because Bears and Eagles and Jaguars, and I played with Jaguars, but those were my three teams, Bears, Eagles, Jaguars. And for me, I don't know what to do, man. Who am I pulling for? The Eagles, the Bears? I want the Eagles to win because they're actually the ones in the playoff hunt. Do I want the Bears to win because I grew up a lifelong Bears fan? This is going to be a tough one, but this is going to be fun and cover this more come preview. On Would have said you should definitely root for the Eagles because Bears draft pick, but I'm looking around the draft pick. No one's like really that close to the Bears draft selection right now. It's yeah. a couple of three-win teams, so I think they're safe for the top five pick. The Eagles, Super Bowl, I could see that. So we'll see what happens. My question is this. What is it specifically that you want to see from the Bears this week? So for me, the Bears, it's a four-game season right now. So there's a number of things I want to see. I want to see Alex Leatherwood get more tick. I want to see if this guy can play. Can this guy be an offensive lineman for the Bears next season? Alex Leatherwood, former first-round pick. I need to see that. I want to see Jack Sanborn continue to improve. I'm looking at can Chase Claypool after the bye week. Can we get this guy involved? I need to see more from Chase Claypool heading into next year. You gave up the 33rd, 34th now, 34th overall pick for this guy. If you want him to be what you want him to be, you're going to have to start doing it now. You had the bye week. You've had a few weeks. Now Chase Claypool should start getting some plays. He should start catching some passes. I want to see five catches for 100 yards from Chase Claypool. I want to see David Montgomery continue to improve. I want to see Darrington Evans. Can this guy play? Can this guy be on the roster? For me, these last four games are huge for a lot of these young players on the, be- on the Bears. Kendall Vildor, he's had some ups, he's had some downs. Kyler Gordon's back. How's Kyler Gordon going to do? So for me, this is going to show me a lot of what's going to happen with this Bears roster next year. We got four, we got four games left. You get to see who's trending up, who's trending down, who can play, who can't, who do you want on your team next year, who are you going to be looking to replace in free agency, got a lot of money, who are you going to be able, who are you going to be looking to replace in the draft, you got a good draft slot. So for me, it's very important for these young players, these bubble players, and obviously the main thing, keep QB1 healthy, keep him improving, and keep him playing the way he's been playing. All right, so it's interesting. You're very specific with the things that you want to see. I just need to see the Bears win another game, like at some point. It doesn't have to be this week. It doesn't have to be against the Bills or the Vikings or the Lions. I don't care which one it's against. Just win another game. Do not have this team end the season on a 10-game losing streak. That would Mm. be awful. And it would also say a lot, I think, and I know what you're saying. They're not equipped. But I think they are equipped enough to win a game. Just find a way. Just win, baby, is a thing. If you're Matt Eberflus, 3-14 and ain't it. Okay? That's tough. Three and fourteen ain't it. So Matt Eberflus, I'm looking at you. Get rally the troops, Luke Getzey. Do whatever you have to do. Your defensive coordinator, Mister Mister Williams. Do what has to be done to put this team in position to win. They have been in positions to win, but you've got to finish the deal. 
and I'm putting I'm looking squarely at the coaching staff right now. All right. That's hey, that's fair. I'm looking more for individual players. Yeah. Who we got for next year. Marshall wants to see a team victory. And we want to know your thoughts. Hit us up on social media and we'll be back in Chicago this weekend. Me and Marshall are might we're gonna have to stop at our favorite place. You know, the sponsor of the show is Joy District. Come experience the three floors of joy. The top floor, great cocktail lounge, beautiful views of the city. The second floor, you guys already know it. You guys already know. Marshall loved to dance. Marshall loved to dance. He's going to be on the second floor in the club getting down. First floor, sports bar, parlay, watch the game. You have some bar food, some good snacks, Joy District. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys on Friday when we preview this game between Mina Marshall's former employers, you know, Philadelphia used to work there, both of us, used to cover the Eagles, I used to play for the Eagles. It's an important game for us, Marshall. Who are you pulling for? I'm not pulling for anyone per se. I already told you my demands. The Bears have to win a game. So if you're going to win a game and you're picking the game, what would be the most impressive win left this out there big. that they can get? This would be big. Yeah. Either this or the Bills. or even, Yo, have you seen the Lions lately, by the way? The Lions might sneak into the playoffs. Like, the Lions were so close on Thanksgiving Day against the Bills, right? And like, that's their only loss in their last, what, six games? Yeah. The Lions look good. And you go back and look at some of their early losses and how tight they were, I think I might be a believer in this coaching staff in the Lions, hey, which is not great for Bears point. fans. Not great for Bears. The Bears did almost beat the Lions, so. I think that shows something for the Bears, too. And also, just if, while we're talking about the rest of the division, the Vikings are fraudulent. I'm here to tell you. They're not going anywhere. It's going to yeah. be the same old, same old. Frauds, for sure. I agree. I agree. And the Packers, uh, not, I'm not selling the Packers. I think next couple of years, and we might be seeing a Lions-Bears divisions. So that's pretty crazy to think. The Lions and the Bears on top of this division, it's been a while. That is crazy to think. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying that's a crazy thought compared to, to what we've been seeing for the last few years, more specifically the last couple of years. But you know what? Jordan Love looks like a guy who can sling the thing a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see. Remains to be seen, baby. But good episode today. Appreciate Jacob Afonte coming on again. Always love talking to Marshall. Thanks for the advice. We got some good dating advice. Looking forward to this game against the Eagle and we're gonna Eagles and we're going to talk birds on Friday. And we'll have a special guest, former Eagle, coming on. And I'm not talking about myself to preview this game. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that experience. For Clay Harper, Marshall Air Saint, thanks for sticking with us here on the Bear Minimum Podcast. We will catch you later this week as we preview what I amount to the Super Bowl for the Eagles. And the Bears. Not for the Eagles, but for the Bears. Bears. Knock off the Eagles, and then maybe you can say you knocked off the Super Bowl champions at the end of the season. That's a possible thing. Huge. Later, guys.